Welcome to the Florida Music Podcast. I'm Alexandria. And I'm Amy. On this week's pod, a lifelong Broadway dream come true. Lawrence speaks up about the ticketing industry, vinyls resurgence, new music, and more. off what's new what's on your mind amy hi well so charlie's not here this week which we miss him but i'm very very excited um to be speaking with a childhood friend (laughs) um adriana scalise is joining us this week hi adriana hey for a music what's up yay so we're very very excited podcast experience actually oh wow we're blessed for that we're very excited so I'm just gonna kind of tell everyone Adriana's scoop and then we're gonna get into the newsletter and hear from her about what she's been up to um Audrey is an upstate New York native but currently is New York City based she grew up in a Peruvian Italian household and learned to sing with the Les Mis 25th anniversary concert playing on repeat. She recently graduated summa cum laude from Texas State University with a BFA in musical theater. And she also obtained a minor in Spanish language studies. When she's not on stage in Mean Girls, you can usually find her at the nearest bubble tea shop, the ones that carry non-dairy milks, reading (laughs) manifestation books, thrift shopping or writing her own music wow we should talk about that too welcome adriana hey what is up (laughs) we're so excited about this so um this is going to be open-ended i did write down some things that are on my mind like things i'm wondering about is there anything you want to like start with or do you want me to go ahead and ask you a specific question i mean yeah whatever whatever you need to ask ask away i'm kind of an open book at this point it's been okay months on tour I'm, I'm excited to talk to other people that are not on tour with me <laughs> yay <laughs> live in a bubble out here sometimes so it's it's always good wow I bet okay so yeah I think we should start with me because I'm also like super intrigued by this writing your own music thing as well I also love bubble tea the important things of life but um maybe you can start with okay well what I wrote down is tour life overall because you're you're living out of you were saying hotel rooms airbnbs Mm -hmm. so maybe you can talk a little bit about the life part of tour like how that's been for you i don't think i actually was clear about this adriana is in the national tour of mean girls currently which you did not put in your bio you were just like (laughs) when she's not on stage you know with mean girls and you're just like huh Huh? (laughs) (laughs) it is it's in like the news era the news um portion of my of my bio or of my website of your website okay put it over there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Um, she is you're a standby for tell us tell us about your experience okay so I am the standby for Katie Regina and Janice um so if you don't know what like standby means it's kind of like the same thing as a swing um or like an understudy but uh it's kind of like both of those things so I'm I my main job is to stand by and be at the show in case something happens with the three people that I cover or to cover vacations or like days off um, because the show is so like vocally demanding mean girls, if you ever, if you've ever heard of the Broadway musical, um, 
there's a lot of singing uh, yeah. so get someone else um, out here for coverage. So um, that's that's my main purpose. So really, I'm just here for the vibes until I, um, I go on. And right now we're in Las Vegas, which I've never been before, but it is crazy. It looks <laughs> crazy out here. <laughs> like it looks like a theme park. Have you guys been to Vegas? Wow. I I've only been once, but I was like literally 18, so couldn't really partake in much. Better than me, I was like seven. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, very interesting. I've never I've never been out here, but I'm I'm intrigued to explore some more. We went to go see um a Cirque show last night, so that was oh that was very cool. Wild. It was insane. Yay! I have like so many questions. I guess like okay, I'll ask two of them then, kind of at I the same time. Well, the first one that comes to mind is like the preparation it takes to be a standby, like how that is mentally, because so all of us are performers in different ways, like, but in terms of like the preparation, I would imagine it to be, I I think I would be like a little spooked Yeah. in terms of like, so like, when do you find out? Can you talk more specifically about like the process of being a standby? For sure. So um, my, I mean, every process is different. It really depends. Like for me, I was joining a national tour that was already up and running. Um, So that kind of like process of bringing a new person into something that's already established is different than something that's like created from the ground up. Um, So for me, I booked this job when I was still in school. Uh, and I ended up leaving school a few weeks early to like go home, see my family and then go to New York for rehearsals. And I rehearsed for a week, um, in New York with one of the stage managers, um, uh, that was used to be working as production stage manager on the tour. Um, and she was headed over to a different, she was headed over to six on Broadway. And so she was already in New York. And so I was training with her and learned the three tracks from her, um, they kind of like set me up to learn to like start learning two tracks there. But the way that I worked with it, I just wanted all of the information so that I could have the most time with the information to like, let yeah. it, sit, let it marinate. So that I could like, <laughs> at least know that I had a base level line of like, okay, like I I've learned this before once I like got to the tour. Right. Uh, so I rehearsed in New York for a week, ended up learning all three tracks there. I think it was like five days or something. Oh my God. That's insane. um, That's fast. Yeah. It was, I I don't know if most people would like want to fast track it, but just like the way that I learned, I I was like, I need to, I need it all before I need to know everything (laughs) before I get there. Um, Then I joined the tour in DC. They were in Washington DC for three weeks. I joined on the, on the last week. Um, And I was doing rehearsals there for just Janice um, with one of our uh, associate directors, uh, Casey Hushin. She comes out every now and then to see the tour and like, kind of just like, you know, take notes and keep the show like running at, at the, its highest level that it can be. Um, and so she was rehearsing me for Janice. And so that whole process, like once I'm out on, once I was out on tour, they would do like one week for Janice um, or actually it was kind of like two weeks. It would be like a week of rehearsal. And then the next week I would have the put in um, which a put in rehearsal is basically a dress rehearsal where they run the whole show and show conditions and stuff. And whoever's put in for that put in rehearsal, they'll be in full costumes. Um, I think one of the times I had like lights and everything, which was really nice. And, and you always have mics um, and you basically run the show like in show conditions, like the whole show. So the whole entire cast is called to like do this rehearsal for you so that you oh can get it in your body. Wow. So that. <laughs> That was probably the most like nerve wracking part at first was like doing my first 
they needed to get me like put into the show as Janice first because I needed to be able to like be standing by when we were in Dallas, which I think was like, I, I joined the tour kind of like mid April and I needed to be able to like be the standby, like starting May 3rd or something like that. It was gotcha. So like for, for Janice, for sure. So the nice thing about it is like, they have all these other like people that are covering. So there's like a standby and then there's understudies as well. Like people that are in the oh. ensemble that cover Katie, Regina, Janice as well. Um, and so luckily like they had coverage for Regina and Katie when I first joined, it was really just Janice. So they needed to kind of like fast track me on and get me into the show. Um, and so then once I was in for Janice, then they did the same thing with um, Katie, where I had a, a week, a week long of rehearsal for Katie, um, and then did a put in for Katie <clears throat> that week though, was the craziest week of my, of my life because I, um, I had my college graduation that week, which happened to be in, we were in Dallas. So I, I actually could drive to Texas state because Texas state's like in between Austin and San Antonio. That's insane. So, wow. so I had like, <laughs> I had the Kate or I had my college graduation and then drove immediately back that night or the next morning to then do my Katie put in rehearsal. And then the next day was a Saturday. So that was like Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday I had my Janice debut and that was like my, Oh my God. So that was like the longest weekend of my life, I think. But, um, it was crazy. I mean, it was just like a great way. You just kind of like thrown in, there's really yeah. no other way like with with the show that's already running you just kind of have to like throw yourself in and go full out and and make biz- big mistakes along the way but luckily like the the work environment at Mean Girls is very like supportive and loving and um oh good encourages people to just be bold and you know make mistakes so that we can you know adjust and kind of get more comfortable with the show so yeah wow yeah that's amazing so yeah, so they they kind of do it a day. track at a time. They kind of do it a part at a time, is what you say. Yeah, a track at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, three. That's insane. That's a lot. Yeah, one part is a lot. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is for sure. Like when I was first learning it, it was a lot. But then when I once I got, it's like one of those things where I think for for people that don't, I mean, you guys probably understand a little bit more because you know more about theater and performing. But for people that don't have like a job in the arts it's so like the concept of like learning that material and then doing it every day is so weird but I'm like well if you're if your job is to like go into work and like you know send this email or set up this meeting like you know how to do that all the time and since yeah. that it's my like reality every day like it really is just like a, a thing of like repetition and so now I know them so well that it you don't really think about it anymore like you you obviously think about it when you're doing the show and trying to be present and you know make new discoveries and whatnot but but like after a while like it it gets pretty you know you get really comfortable with the tracks but I will say like the swings in my opinion have a much harder job because they have to cover like seven and or eight tracks um and And they find out before the show too like if they're gonna cover one of them so the thing is with swinging and standing by and um understudies like you don't really you could know an hour before you could know a day before you could know mid-show I've had to do mid-show swing-ons before wow um, gosh so you yeah you really just don't know you're just there to hop in whenever 
Wow. I think that takes a special type of person. Like not all people could, you know, work under that type of pressure. So yeah, yeah it definitely does. It does to you. A, oh, thank you. <laughs> it definitely does take a, a lot of preparation and just trusting that, you know, what you're doing. Um, yeah. And f- I mean, for me, luckily it was like, well, I was done with school. Um, and I was, you know, I could really immerse myself into this world, like, quickly and you know for me I was just kind of doing like rehearsing a lot and preparing a lot um yeah and then just trusting myself at the end of the day but oh yeah that's how, that's how it all started <laughs> wow like, biggest question is like how do you pack for that that's oh girl, a great I question know. I still don't know to this day I truly I mean I have really gotten used to being like a minimalist and mm. I think throughout school and in college for sure I was also like more of a person that had you know one thing for everything and and just tried to like live a a more minimalist um style uh Mm. and so once I got on tour it wasn't too difficult to kind of maintain that but we also have um like I do, I carry all my essentials. Like I literally, I'm looking over here. Cause like I have two suitcases over there. I don't know if you can see them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I like my life is just like in those two suitcases, but I also, uh, on tour, we have these trunks that travel with us. Oh. Um, so it's like a, <laughs> I literally describe it as like a treasure chest, <laughs> but like, basically like what, like the size of it. And so you can like put you know, all your other, like switch out your clothes and like, depending on if it's cold or hot, whatever. And, oh, nice. um, and you like keeping cooking supplies in in your trunk. And so those basically will be like, you can, in the long sit downs, we can have our trunks actually shipped to wherever we're staying. So we actually have everything with us. Nice. Um, But in these like week long runs, um, like now we're in the, in one weekers, uh, we have the trunks that are at the theater. You can go up to, you can have access to them anytime. And then they pack them up on Saturday. Um, and then you get, you know, you'll get them again on the next Tuesday. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's just kind of like after a while, it's just kind of like the schedule is like ingrained in you. You're like, okay, I have to like take this out of my trunk here. And then I need to make sure that I have whatever I need so that, you know, when it, when they take, when they take all the trunks to load them on the truck, like I'm not forgetting anything. So it's like a lot of that. It's a lot of like thinking ahead and planning. Um, yeah. What, but yeah, it's, it's a learning curve. Cause I feel like I, when I first joined tour, I had a bunch of like clothes that I like didn't wear. I truly like live my entire existence, like in athleisure, like <laughs> unless I'm like going out to like, you know, the Cirque show or whatever, not even that I was literally wearing like jeans and a, and a crop top. Like that's just what I wear. Loving it. (laughs) Yeah. But, but yeah, it really is just kind of like, you know, really deciding what you actually need and parting ways with things that, you know, you would have had if you were just kind of like had time to just, you know, um, sift through like your closet or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you can stay grounded through it all like is it difficult not having like um like a home home base right now yeah for sure I think that is for me I I think a lot of people would agree with that too the hardest part of tour is not having a home base for too long I mean Mm -hmm. when I first joined that was 
that part of the contract was one week or like one week after one week in each different city. And I think there was like 18 of them or something. Oh, wow. So it was, um, it was definitely intense, but at the same time, it was really nice for me because I was leaving, I was already like leaving school so that, I mean, you guys know how to, when you leave school, you're already leaving that part of your life. You're leaving that home base. And so I wasn't, I don't think I was ready to like put my feet down in New York right away. I wanted to kind of like have experiences that weren't, you know, from my, from my hometown and weren't from school either. And so this was the best way to kind of like experience life, you know, just (laughs) very many different cities. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. I think over the summer that was, that was what I joined in like May. And that was basically through November that we had, um, the one weekers. And so that, that part was, it was definitely intense, but it kind of felt like vacation in a way because it was warm. It was like, (laughs) it was more doable. And then once we got to November, we had a long, we had a month long sit down in Toronto, which that was, once we did those one weekers, we were really glad to like sit down in one place for four weeks yeah lived in Toronto for a month um and that was amazing and then we had three weeks off uh to go home before uh the tour started back up in Denver but I ended up getting my wisdom teeth out so I ended up having that month off which was (laughs) it it came in clutch at the right time but uh, (laughs) wow I was gonna say timing of that yeah the timing was was great um I literally got back home after Toronto and I was like my jaw hurts. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> and my sister was like, girl. <laughs> so they they were able to squeeze me in. But yeah, uh it it all kind of worked out. But definitely like the the one month long sit-downs are what's what really is nice about tour. And we had like a month in LA in January, and then we had um a month in San Francisco in all of February. Oh, nice. So, so like the end of the contract was really like the most appealing, um, city wise, because it was like, you actually got to like sit down in these cities and get to know them and like trial them low key for home base, maybe for sure. For sure. That's cool. So it was, yeah, it was really, I mean, you just get to know different places and different cultures and yeah, I never would have thought I would have ever visited with like Appleton, Wisconsin, but I did (laughs) it. And I can say that I did. <laughs> yes. I had a really nice Airbnb in Appleton, Wisconsin. It wasn't too bad. So oh my gosh. Okay. Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the people of Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh yeah. I'm also so curious about the, uh, like the vocal part of it, mostly like vocal health. Cause I'm obsessed with vocal health, but like, yeah. like warming up situation. I don't know. Yeah. Like, do you do vocal rest during the day? Like anything about sleep? Is it kind of just like winging it? Right. Cause you're right. traveling so, too. For sure. Um, okay. So vocal health for me, it's very different than the people that are in the show all the time. So mm-hmm. like, um, people like, like English who plays Katie Heron or Nadina, she, I, she's literally living like next door to me in this hotel. I, so sweet. Hey, <laughs> And we have, we have one of those rooms that is like a connecting room too. Oh, I love those. (laughs) But, um, so people that play these roles eight shows a week, they, 
do have to really like pick and choose what they decide to do like during the day um and be you know really uh what's the word conservative about like when they decide to use their voice um and so for them I would say like a lot of it is vocal rest and getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. um and then you know they have their own like warm-up uh schedules of like getting to the theater basically like you know sometimes it's an hour or an hour and a half before showtime I think English usually gets there like an hour and a half to like warm like do a full warm-up um for me I don't necessarily have the luxury all the time of knowing like a a while in advance um what I'm going on but when I do uh I I usually only need like the half hour before the show to kind of like warm up my body and warm up my voice um I at Texas State we studied a one voice technique which is kind of like uh just like a, a vocal technique uh created by Mike Moreska who uh is the head of voice at Texas State mm-hmm. and um there's like a certain vo- like vocal warm-up really that anyone can use uh and it's kind of like altered to what types of songs you're singing so like for me it depends on the the role that I'm going in for I kind of have a different way of warming up my voice for each role um but like for Janice it's a lot of like yelly like pop rock vocals so a lot of the time I'm really just like in my dressing room at half hour just being like yeah (laughs) like just yelling yeah Um, yeah so yeah so like it's you know that type of thing I will say a lot of the time uh if I have like a half hour I I, I'm now at a point where like I don't really necessarily want to sing like songs from the show to warm up if I'm Katie I will sing it roars because that song is arguably the hardest one to sing in that track and it's like this very start of the show but um oh wow but i but i'll usually put on different artists that use the kind of like vocal shaping or um vo- the vocal shaping and also like the i'm trying to think of like the words to use cuz a lot of the terminology is like specific to to like the vocal technique that i use but mm-hmm. um i basically find artists that that are giving me the same type of like vocal quality, the vocal sound that I'm going for, for that track. So like Very cool. for Janice, I'll put on like Avril Lavigne and start like singing Avril Lavigne songs <laughs> in the dressing room. Um, yeah. So that's very cool. Yeah. It, it, that's it really smart. Depends, it depends on, on the day and what I'm feeling. Some days I'll be just be like already really warm from like whatever I was doing yeah. before or whatever, but. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? I feel like I could ask like a ton of them, but then we'd be here for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think you have it written down, but like oh. the audition process of like oh yeah the standby position, like how did you yeah. figure it? Like how did you find it? Were you yeah. like at a place where they saw you? Sure. Or, like you um, I my audition process was very whack. Um, <laughs> it's one of the weirdest. <laughs> way to like just kind of jump into the industry I mean I'm like always just so grateful and you know very happy that I booked this job when I did yeah but basically I was in school it was my senior year and I like had a meeting with the head of my program and I was like hey Caitlin is her name shout out to Caitlin Hopkins she Mm -hmm. is mother um (laughs) 
uh, I was like, hey, so like, when do we start like submitting for things? I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to get a job for myself. Really? Like, that's yeah, yeah. About. Um, and I'm like, I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm not going to like wait around for someone to tell me what to do. Like, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do this. Um, or like wait to like have an agent to then like right. book something. Like I, I wasn't really wanting to do that. I was like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I feel ready to jump into something. Um, and so I basically like did a bunch of self tapes, uh, not for anything, uh, that was, you know, sent to me or like, I didn't get any like audition requests, but I really, um, was taping different, uh, callback material basically that mm-hmm. I could then send on to um, people that were in like casting uh, offices. And wow. so I put myself on tape for a show that will not be named, but <laughs> <laughs> I put myself on tape with like a bunch of just like singing songs from that show and sent it on um, to uh, Telsey, the casting uh, office that cast the show and got some like great feedback. And then um they sent me with an audition request for Mean Girls, which was not what I had initially gone in for, but it was basically like, you know, the the casting directors that saw that video were also like seeing seeing the information that I gave them vocally from like that, those videos. And they were like, well, okay, well, we have this spot open for the standby. So we should wow. bring her in for that because, you know, if she can sing this material, she could probably sing this material. So that's yeah. like a, a, a big, that was like a big lesson for me where I was like, oh, like it really, they keep you in the files. Like they, Interesting. They'll, see like, they'll see like, oh, okay. If you audition for this, then because you can sing that type of material, then you can sing this type of material. Right. So it was not, Mean Girls was not at all really on my radar of things that I thought I was, I mean, I thought like, okay, I could definitely go in for this. Um, but I, I wasn't like planning on going in for it at any, at any like recent, you know, moment. So they gave me the audition request and then I ended up flying to New York for, it ended up being like final callbacks. Cause I think they were already in the process of like auditioning people. Um, gotcha. I know they were definitely trying to find, um, Lindsay plays Janice. They were trying to find a Janice replacement, um, as well. So they had a bunch of auditions going on and, um, they, I, I got the request and I was like, Hmm, I don't know if I necessarily want to fly all the way to New York for mm-hmm. like, if it's going to be like the very, very, cause like people go through like eight, nine, like rounds of auditions for these kinds of things sometimes. And so me at first being like the little, you know, baby I am, I was like, mm, I don't <laughs> know if I want to necessarily like, cause it, it's expensive to fly all the Absolutely. way to New York. Um, when I was in Texas. So I was like, I don't know if I necessarily want to do this if it's the first one. And then I like looked at the audition information and it was like Casey Nicola was going to be there and Mary Mitchell Campbell was going to be there. And they're like the, you know, head creative directors and, um, you know, music director of of Mean Girls Broadway and of the tour. Um, wow. and so I was like, oh, I should go to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like, okay, maybe that'd be a good idea. Um, <laughs> And, uh, it was my spring break. Actually, my sister was planning to come, uh, to Texas. She, she did end up coming to Texas for, for my spring break. And we were just going to like stay there together and just kind of like chill and, you know, have ourselves a week off. Um, and then I was like, so sorry, I need to go to New York and <laughs> oh my God. So I'm going to swap places with you. And 
her apartment's in New York. So I literally just like, we swapped apartments and I went to like her apartment in New York. That's so cute. Uh, yeah. And it auditioned. And then uh, I had like an agency meeting right after that. And so then, then, then I signed with my agency um, like literally the day after I auditioned. Uh, I walked out of the audition kind of like knowing that I had booked it by the way that wow. I had the response from the creative team. So it was just kind of like a waiting game. I didn't want to believe anything yet though. I was like, yeah. I don't know what just happened, but I think I just booked a tour, but I, like you never, it's like a very fragile place to be basically like at, after you have a good audition before, like you get the actual offer. Right. So I didn't want to believe anything until it was in writing. Um, and then four days later, once I was back in Texas with my sister and uh, my other friends, do you know Brahman Polish? No, I don't think. Uh, she went, no, she went to Penfield. So I don't know if you would know her. Oh, okay. um, she was also in, uh, in Texas at the time and for like the spring break. And so I, I was able to celebrate with them and it was St. Patrick's day yeah. actually. Um, wow. when I got wow. that. Yeah. So yeah. And that was, I recently had like the one year anniversary of that, which is crazy. That's so wild. A really, really crazy day. I can't believe we've, it's almost been a year since like being out of school. I don't know. That's wild. Oh, I, yeah, I can't. It's weird to think about. Yeah. Wow. What a crazy year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I can't wrap my head around it sometimes. Yeah. I just think it's so cool. I'm, so, I'm really very happy for you and I think it's awesome and you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this was incredible to talk about this. I have like a thousand other questions, um, but I just want to let everyone know that you can check out Adriana's website and maybe catch her in Mean Girls. Yeah, and- Mean Girls. If you're in yes. Vegas, I know that I'm on for Katie this Thursday. So great. Oh my gosh. Vegas people come on <laughs> Thursday I was, night. I was really joking with my friends. I was like, do we think because Adele has her residency right now in Vegas? And I was like, do we think Adele will do tickets for tickets? Like, should we ask? Her <laughs> oh <that>? my <laughs> god, that's hilarious! <laughs> it's, it's wow. Yeah, I I wish I could go to Adele, but um. Anyways, yeah, you can catch me um on Instagram at Adriana. Yes. Um, my website. Yeah. Yay! Keep an eye on that one. So weird. Um, no, Adriana's amazing. Okay, so we're gonna continue um on with the newsletter. Um, and next up is <laughs> the one and only Amy and Sarah. <laughs> hey guys. Um, I this week I was reading about basically Lawrence, the band Lawrence, um, after like the Taylor Swift ticket debacle. Does everyone I don't know if people know about this? Basically, like there was a whole thing where Taylor Swift went on tour and Ticketmaster, I think like crashed or something. A lot of people didn't get tickets, but also in general, a lot of times what happens is like, um, tickets get bought and then resold. So like the prices like skyrocket, all these things. So Lawrence is a soul pop band that's New York city based and they're killing. I don't know. I think a lot of people know about them at this point, but Basically, two band members, Clyde and Jordan, Clyde Lawrence and Jordan Cohen, um, spoke on behalf of basically smaller artists um, regarding Live Nation and Ticketmaster and how it can be pretty unfair in terms of um, making a living. So (laughs) this is like very fascinating to me, just like 
in terms of pursuing like a career writing stuff and performing and and tour life that is like um for Lawrence they're in an, an independent band so they are more involved in like the business of their situation um and I just think it's an interesting topic yeah. because low key or maybe high key Ticketmaster and Live Nation it's sort of like a monopoly going on yeah um so basically there's like people who are talking about it better than I can but um in the newsletter I've linked some things to check out but basically like it's just been a topic that has been relevant seat geek um the CFO of seat geek uh Jack, I don't know how to say his last name, Grotzinger, spoke to lawmakers and basically said the only way to restore competition in this industry is to break up Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Um, And Lawrence's point was just that Ticketmaster ends up making, like profiting a ton and the band doesn't necessarily get as much as they probably should. So they have to like cover the expenses of what touring is with the bus paying the members right audio visual team like social media team marketing team whatever yeah do all that for tour and they're doing that it seems like the ticket price is one thing live nation takes a cut and then what the band actually sees is like way less yeah yeah so and it's interesting to me too just in terms of like wanting to make a living (laughs) this has been like a theme of this year it's just kind of like the transparency part of it to me is the most interesting in terms of like Clyde's Clyde's point was like, why is there not more transparency about it? Yeah. Like they probably didn't know like how much money was really being taken and why, if they were using it. Well, I think nowadays some venues require you to use live nation or Ticketmaster. He said that too. You're right. As like your ticketing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Promoter venue, something ticketing situation <laughs> yeah ticketing i don't know i don't know uh ticketing know. guy i don't know i guess like i think i think charlie's talked about this a, a bit actually where the venues buy into live nation or Ticketmaster, and then when they buy into that that gives obviously Ticketmaster and live nation money but then also they're able to use their platform as a means to sell tickets for other people's shows to come to their venue oh so they're profiting both off of the venue as well as the artist something's uh not right the other thing is my sister was trying to buy drake tickets recently and we were looking at it and it went from like 300 in like the nosebleeds to literally like a thousand dollars in the nosebleeds in a matter of 20 minutes so the accessibility is ridiculous for somebody like if you're a drake stature yeah oh sorry i was gonna say uh taylor swift is actually in coming to vegas like this week i think she's here thursday and friday and like i was looking online at tickets and so many of them are crazy like the prices are crazy because like yeah your tickets are like what maybe like 150 at the box office for even like sometimes floor seating can be like mm-hmm. like base base level price they set it at like you know 150 200 but like the prices are like 790 like crazy whoa crazy crazy so it's it's wild i've literally been like looking on tiktok of like people posting of the era's trend i'm like this is all i'm gonna see from this tour because like i, I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know that anyone is getting like I don't know how anyone is getting tickets. I know. I think they tried to fix that with Beyonce's rollout after the Taylor Swift situation. Yeah. Okay. Did it work? Rollout was like. I feel like the Beyonce one was a little bit better in regards to like actually getting people tickets because I know the Taylor Swift one like they needed a code and then it kept not working and the site was being crazy. Yeah. A lot of people I know were able to get Beyonce tickets. Yeah. I don't know. They went in stages, so like oh, by region, and I think by. And like I think it also was like by how many, like fan base wise. I think either I don't know if it was Apple Music or Spotify or whatever. They were kind of giving out like these the links for like a pre-sale type of thing. Yeah. If you were oh. like five percent of listeners, that's sweet. Beyonce, yeah, so. There were certain ways that people were able to get tickets, but yeah, they just filtered out like because I think it was like free for all with Taylor Swift. Yeah, so it totally was. If you filter out and do it in stages, like then people were able to. It's yeah. not like the the website doesn't crash anymore, even though Beyonce like probably point top point zero five percent of Beyonce fans. That's probably like a hundred, <laughs> you know, five hundred thousand plus people. Yeah, just in one state. <laughs> yeah, literally. So. That's just interesting to me. I also think it was kind of badass of Lawrence because they're not like a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift. So I almost think they're more influential in terms of the fact that they're closer to like people who are even more startup vibes, but they still have the influence to kind of like, you know, communicate with like people who are the superstars. Good that they're choosing now to speak up yeah i just i feel grateful when people like take it upon themselves i'm Go like yeah people <laughs> but yeah it's like it's in there they're in like this sweet spot really of like still yeah. being with like reality of like exactly you know, like what's happening sometimes yeah sometimes i'm like wow some of these star well i guess it's not entirely in like the superstar whatever pop star whatever is like power to like control ticket sales which is crazy get that way but i know that there are new platforms that are coming out that are like trying to not compete but offer smaller artists like a different route um Mm -hmm. like i don't know if y'all have heard of dice but it's this cool app um where they like every you put it's kind of like eventbrite but like it's for smaller artists and you like put in a date and you see all the shows that are happening around around you kind of like bands in town oh that's cool um but you buy tickets directly through dice instead of bands in town it takes you to like Ticketmaster, live nation or whatever and dice it takes you they are just like within the app you just oh yeah i want to go see this show okay cool caught the ticket so I think that's like a cool option to have because yeah. it's 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 hard to like for smaller artists to like find a place because, you know, like charging at the asking your friends at the door, like, can you Venmo me $15 probably <laughs> isn't like the most viable like no. way to keep numbers because when you also when you are trying to go and see um, play in other venues, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, what are your what are they called metrics? Oh yeah. Metrics, like how many people are you bringing in? What are you charging? Like, so mm. like apps, like they need apps like Dice and unfortunately Ticketmaster and Eventbrite <laughs> to like help them keep track of yeah what's going on. I feel like at first it's a good idea to have a third party 
but it can go wrong left, I guess, in so many ways. Because versus the first of all, I was like, oh, maybe this should just be like Taylor Swift is it's like you go on her website and that's it. And it's like. But that wouldn't make any sense after you get big enough. It wouldn't yeah. make sense because there's so it's a team. Yeah. She becomes like the face of like a whole like brand. A whole, right. Right. Yeah. yeah anyway. and, and the venues like to have the ticketing, the venues again, they buy into whatever ticketing software they're using. Right. So like it depends, like Madison Square Garden is definitely not using dice. It's definitely, yeah. you know, they're using it just becomes so large scale. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's why I think there should be like third party option, options, options to for like smaller places. Like instead of Ticketmaster or what? What's third yeah. party meaning like? Like dice. Okay. We love dice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found it. It's also like very aesthetically pleasing. It has like tie dye, like whenever you see the ticket. I don't know. Okay, dice. It's cute. Okay, that's cool. I like the idea that it's like what's around me. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. I'm that's down. Cool. Anyways, anyone else have anything to say about that, or should we move on? I'm good. That's it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I think I'm actually next. Alexandria. Which is like way less interesting than anything y'all have had to say, but that's okay. Actually, no, it's it's cool. CDs are on their way out and vinyls are making a comeback. Just like everything, like everything has a cycle. Um, but for the first time since 1987, vinyls have outsold CDs. But that doesn't wow. surprise me because like cars don't even have CD players anymore. They don't. So like, but the fact that we went further back than CDs are like, <laughs> instead of just going fully digital, we were like, ha vinyl, where you have to yeah. buy the vinyl and like a good record player, or you can get like the cross sleeve from Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that one? Oh my yeah. God. We have- Do you have that? I don't have that. I, I mean, to be honest, I don't have anything on tour, but <laughs> true. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a record player, but I honestly was thinking about that. I was like, if I get a apartment in new york whatever i would be nice it would be nice to start a little record collection i know there's something about it, it is. my dad has like a like three shelves of lps it's because back then that's what you did like that's yeah. what back then i'm like acting like he's like 100 but, but he's still, not. like it's it was so different. <laughs> it was so different yeah my dad had, yeah my dad also had a bunch of you know records as well but yeah yeah it's it's interesting how life and like these trends all make a, a comeback i mean like you see it in fashion all the time yeah like you know true especially now fires. going back to like groovy 70s or something i don't know yeah but yeah. i don't know i just thought that was cool um of course like streaming still makes a majority of musical revenue but the fact that vinyls are taking up like most of the like physical musical format of what we're listening to i don't know it makes me proud of young people too that everyone's like oh my gosh young people are like ruining everything (laughs) and yeah nah we're keeping with vinyls and you see artists releasing vinyls like taylor swift released vinyl adele released her album on vinyl like snow legger released her album on vinyl like everyone's coming out with vinyls now Mm -hmm. and they're not cheap to make Mm. So it's helping like both. um, It's helping like 
the vinyl, the record, vinyl record making businesses that were like probably going out of business. Yeah. And yeah. Them keep up with like production of vinyls again, which is so cool. I don't know. Go young people that were bored during the oh, pandemic yeah. and decided to buy. <laughs> Go young vinyls. people. Yeah. I love vinyls. I like physical. I don't know. I'm a fan of like the physical stuff. I streaming's fine. And what am I saying? I like literally listen to streamed music every day. So I, sh- <laughs> I should probably just be transparent about that. But I guess just like it, musically, I'm a fan of like the physical part of it. One, because I feel like it's a great and easy way to monetize as an artist, but in a way that's like still musical. Yeah. And also, I don't know. It sounds better. It sounds better. Yeah, I think it sounds, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I love vinyls. I bet CDs are next. I'm calling it now. I'm serious. Like people are gonna start like carrying I have to around. go back into my basement and get all my yeah. or cassette tapes. Like, yeah. <laughs> cassette tapes. Wow. Yeah. We'll just like, keep it going. Their little what were they called? Walker. Oh, uh, walking Walker Walker. What is it called? Walk Walkman. Walkman. I think you're right. And yeah, they'll Walkman. just put their little headphones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now they'll be AirPod compatible, so you have your Walkman and then you're listening. And then the AirPod. Honestly, wow. I, I feel like that's gonna be like one of the things that Apple comes out with at some point. Yeah. Oh, true. Calling yeah. it. <laughs> that's so interesting. Anyways, are we good? I think we can move on to some new music for this week. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, yeah. So new music this week, pianist, composer, and friend of Foray, Camila Cortina releases her debut album. Sonera, I think she said it's pronounced, (laughs) which examines her roots as a Cuban-born artist and the influences of global sounds she continues to interact with during her pilgrimage around the world. Okay, please listen to this record. Camila is one of the sweetest souls on this planet, and she plays the heck out of piano, and she wrote some amazing um, music that explores, like, the clave and how it works with odd meters and, like, also... so fierce. She, wait, wait, what is, what's her name? Camila Cortina. It's so funny because her last name is Bayo, like Camila oh. Bayo. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, oh my gosh, Alex, do not say that. But I did say it anyway. Oh, so this is a stage name? No, her real name is Camila Cortina. It's oh, like Camila oh. Cortina Bayo. Oh, oh. So it's I like kind of. Anyways, wow. check out her music. It's amazing. She goes totally crazy and then uh, according to the independent sabrina carpenter's fifth studio album well i don't know i hadn't really listened to her stuff that much but i kind of like this record i was just talking about sabrina carpenter literally yesterday also Mm -hmm. aka sabrina carpenter aka broadway's katie heron she was in broadway yeah for like literally like three performances before the shutdown wait i had no idea yeah she was katie that's kind of cool guys yeah, wait. I'm pretty sure. I actually wonder. Some of my costumes might be from her. She's also like literally tiny. She's like five foot, like three or something stupid. Wow. She's literally cheeky tita. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I That's love that. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, she released her fifth studio album, "Emails I Can't Send Forward." <laughs> 
And um, the independent says it invites the listener to take a ride on an emotional roller coaster, exploring the inner corners of Carpenter's mind. Wow. I love the inner corners, man. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's so funny. The way that I listen to music these days, like I, I, I really enjoy that album, honestly. Um, emails I can't send. Cause I, it came out last summer, I'm pretty sure. And I remember I was in Atlanta when I was listening to it. And like, to me, when I listen to the songs, I like picture myself in Atlanta. Cause it's like all Aww. those memories are tied to like listening to the songs for the first time. Um, but yeah. And then emails I can't send forward i guess those are like that's like the, the deluxe version so she has oh, like very cool more like new songs um but a few of them like nonsense was one that like really blew up on tiktok it so did yeah yeah so that's another weird thing about right like artists now like if your shit blows up on tiktok like you skyrocket it can <laughs> yeah. change your life in like like right. that yeah it's crazy it's crazy oh that's a whole can of worms because then it's like you see how effective it is, but also it's like a literal pit yeah. of, yeah. of information. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing we have here, I'm like, I've always been obsessed with Dory <laughs> Kelly. Ah, I like, Oh yeah. She's going to have a new stuff too, right? Yes. She just came out with a single called missing you and it's badass and another full circle thing of the newsletter is that Clyde Lawrence was a part of it he has oh, wow. production and writing on like every song not I mean obviously not in full but whatever he was like very I think he said like on the ground in this right. album that's coming out so it hasn't the album hasn't come out yet but the singles out yeah. and it's badass she's in like a new era in her dark hair era right yeah like, I'm yeah, like better hair, darker yeah I've been I've been interested to see a uh, Tori Kelly come back because she's kind of been no for a while. She what was the last one that she released? Well, she was in Sing that like animated movie. Oh, well, yes, but before yeah, but before that, the last one was like I think the last one she released was like a was a gospel album. Yeah. Oh 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 oh. But that was yeah. also like away from pop. So this is kind of like it feels like her um pop her. return and the last pop album she did. It was like years ago. I have no idea when. Yeah, because I the one that I've listened to, I think the most is um her like singer songwritery album inspired by true events. Yes. It's oh my god. Kind of, kind of pop as well. Yeah. Uh, but her stuff back in like 2015, 2016, that shit was popping. It that was so like, was. It yeah. been us. Like that, oh, that was yeah, that was an era. Like looking at this, I'm like, that does not look like Tori Kelly at all. I know. Well, that was another thing that I will say has been on my mind is this idea that like artists reinvent themselves, either they have to, or they just do it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not like, I don't even need to go dark on it, but I just, it's interesting to see. I've, I've heard specifically like female identifying artists say that they feel this like pressure to reinvent or to kind of like always be doing something new. Yeah. Right which is interesting. So, I mean, go off. She looks awesome and it's a cool like visual to go with the sound. That's also slightly different, but it's just interesting to think about. Interesting to reinvent your sound. I think that's always like fun as long as it's like a, a way for you to explore your creativity and explore yourself as an artist. But yeah, I mean, we're in women's international, was it international women's or wait, month month the day was the eighth but this whole month yeah wait was it Um, yeah we should be talking more about 
you know, inspiring women, female identifying people that, you know, we don't necessarily need to, you know, change ourselves, but if you want to explore, that's obviously something that should be encouraged, but yeah. Yeah. It could be like the mark of like a return. Mm-hmm. That's just like, Hey, Hey. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. just, she just dyed her hair during True. her return. Yeah. <laughs> no, this definitely seems yeah. like a genuine, like, Hey, it's me, but it yeah. did get me thinking about the concept yeah. overall. Yeah. I don't know. Someone who's been so consistent with her image and sound is Dolly Parton. Dolly. <laughs> like <laughs> tall blonde hair. Didn't you tell me that no one knows what she actually looks like? So she can just go to the grocery store. I don't know. I don't someone think told me that. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like I was a little confused, but go off, I guess. Can you miss like <laughs> someone who's like four seven with large, you know? I don't know. I don't understand. Like, I was a little confused. Hair. I know, but maybe that's a is that a wig? Possibly. Yeah, I'm sure it is a wig. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Dolly's a badass, though. Like, I, why is badass my word of the day? <laughs> Cyrus is one of those people who's like kind of made the whole. True. You know, That's Lady true. Gaga. Lady Gaga. Yeah. But if all that felt, all of those have felt Those are genuine, genuine I think. Genuine and super authentic to them. Yeah. All right, Amy, do you want to read us out? Thank you so yeah. much, Adriana, for joining sure. us. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me. My first ever podcast. Oh wow gosh. so honored <laughs> besides besides the one podcast though that i did try to do with my best but you know eli owens do you know i don't eli? know if he would know me it's one of those like maybe creepo not he, truly well, creepo but just <laughs> hey he's also done jiva summer yeah Academy. we so, were like, we were kind of like connected yeah um but we <laughs> we definitely tried to do uh start up a podcast back like during the pandemic like <gasps> in the of, like 2020 in the summer it was actually so fun. Honestly, it like listening to how you guys do this right now, like it it really is a fun thing to do when if it's you have fun. you can cut out the time to yeah to do, talk about things that are actually you know inspiring and interesting. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I'm very grateful for this podcast because I always like it's kind of therapy for me too. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I feel so good because we always have really cool conversations. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening and supporting 4A Music. Remember to like and subscribe. And just a note that if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps us out a lot. And we'd love to read and highlight your comments on next week's show, which we never do yet, but we should if we get a review. So review us, people. (laughs) Anyways, for more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at 4A Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com and check out our website at 4amusic.com. And this week's quote is the ball is in your court. I like that one. John Legend. <laughs> John, John, John Legend. Every week we say that the quote is by John Legend. Oh. <laughs> he said a lot of wise things, according to us. Uh, that's so. <laughs> and then who's gonna say this last? Should we have Adriana say it? Yes. Okay, every week Charlie says, We think you're super. Can you oh, say okay. it for us? Sure. For sure. Okay. We think you're super. Bye. Bye, everyone. (laughs) I also heard that John Legend also said that the past and future doesn't exist. Oh, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Should we stop recording? Welcome to the Foreign Music Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Work. <laughs> <laughs>
you can. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Should be in the bloopers. Okay. <laughs>